It's a quarter to four. Now, have you ever stopped to consider what makes a good map? They're an essential part of our lives, yet increasingly we seem to take them for granted, particularly in our digital age, when a map of almost anywhere in the world is only a mouse click away. But from city guides to global atlases, each map tells a different story. Well, over the next two weeks in On the Map, travel writer and self-obsessed map addict Mike Parker will be exploring the world of cartography and discovering that if a picture paints a thousand words, a map can paint a million. And he begins his journey with the maps he first fell in love with as a teenager, Ordnance Survey Maps. Right, Bill, tell me what we're looking at here. What we're looking at is a 1 to 10,000 OS map of a section of London with Hackney bang in the middle near enough... Well, actually, it's my flat that's bang in the middle. Uh-huh. And I've, it's a square map, and I've drawn a circle on it. Uh, the circumference of the circle is 21 point something kilometres. And this is the London cake circle. With a bit of imagination, it's amazing what you can do with a map. Working out the best route from Basildon to Swindon with a dog-eared road atlas is all very well. But none of this comes close to the way that Bill Drummond uses cartography. He's taken map reading into whole new realms of creativity. Bill is an artist and former rock star. 20 years ago he was half of the KLF before they stormed out of the music biz and burned a million quid of their earnings. But today we're standing on a street in East London with a large-scale Ordnance Survey map unrolled in front of us, plotting the London Cake Circle. It involves me baking cakes in my oven in my flat, right bang in the middle of the circle, taking that cake to right to somewhere on the circumference of the circle, knocking on a door, anybody's door, and if somebody answers, or if somebody doesn't answer, I go next door, knock there, and if somebody answers, I say... I've baked a cake for you. Here it is. And that's it. And, and hopefully they take it. They might not take it. They might think I've, I've poisoned it or there's some sort of... <laughs> yes, I'm yes. trying to sell them something. But over the year, I'm going to be taking 50 cakes out to different people's houses. The minute I meet Bill, I know I'm with a comrade. I've adored maps since my childhood in Kidderminster in the West Midlands. I've spent hours drawing maps of imaginary towns detailed plans of my fictional fiefdoms. Then I discovered Ordnance Survey maps, and hours, days, weeks were lost as I gazed and dreamed over them. And Bill, growing up in southwest Scotland, was doing exactly the same. It just opened up the whole landscape, the whole whole area where we were living, the the nick of Curly Wee. I remember seeing that. What is the nick of Curly Wee? I have got to get... And of course I get there, and there's nothing there, but... There was a real excitement and drive in finding that place, yeah. the nick of Curly Wee. Or when you would get the two, two swords, cutlasses, crossed over each other. I mean, that just would incite all... I couldn't... If I'd discovered a new cross cutlasses on an OS map, and I knew I couldn't get there until... Maybe this was on a Tuesday. I'd be counting the days down until Saturday. That I'd get on my bike and get out to that battlefield. It's no surprise that battlefields are so prominently marked on the map, for military history has played a huge part in Ordnance Survey's development, and it was for military needs that it was established in the first place. We live with a legacy that was started due to the French. Vanessa Lawrence is the Director General of Ordnance Survey. Because we were founded 
in order to map the south coast of Great Britain against potential invasion by Napoleon. And uh, we just continued. And we continue today to make sure that they're fit for purpose and they're accurate and up-to-date and well-maintained. And so much better than the French maps. I couldn't possibly say. (laughs) The maps most of us associate with Ordnance Survey are the 1 to 50,000 Land Ranger series with their bright pink covers. My first love, the maps that I grew up with. And the larger-scale Explorer series aimed at walkers, cyclists and tourists. But these paper maps actually make up only a fraction of Ordnance Survey's business. Over 90% of their income these days comes from selling digital data to businesses like builders and surveyors, mail-order companies and, indeed, other map makers. Anybody, in fact, who needs to know the lie of the land. Today we make 5,000 changes to the master map of Great Britain each day, very much reflecting the change we all observe on the ground. Like one will see uh, a building being demolished and a small housing estate being established there. Ordnance Survey guarantees that for change on the ground of that nature, we will have it into the database within six months of that change happening. And for important structural change of Great Britain, it will be into the database within a night of that change happening. And we actually are the largest geographical database in the world. OS completed its large-scale survey of every square inch of the British Isles in 1895. And up until then, it really didn't bother too much about the commercial competition, which was producing smaller-scale maps for leisure use. Indeed, they positively encouraged competition, letting companies like John Bartholomew and Sons in Edinburgh freely use OS data and call their maps names like the Reduced Ordnance Survey. Yolanda Hodson is a founder member of the Charles Close Society, an organisation that can best be described as the Ordnance Survey Fan Club. I think it's only when Bartholomew's wonderfully popular, very attractive coloured half-inch map started to be published and got a grip on the south coasts of England where many people went for their holidays. It was at that point, I think, that Ordnance Survey realised that they might have been a bit foolish to have let so much go to the commercial concerns. Um, and at that point, there was a complete volt farce of the national um, mapping organisation, whereas previously um, Bartholomew would have published maps saying, you know, reduced ordnance survey. Mm, yeah. Suddenly, he was forbidden to do it. Oh, and yes. I might say, I might say that ordnance survey were really rather ungentlemanly about it. And, of course, Ordnance Survey started copying commercial practice, but not until 1919. And at that point, they employed a commercial artist called Ellis Martin, um, who really revitalised the whole Ordnance Survey map product and put these delightful scenes of a map using cyclist or a pipe-smoking hiker on the front of the maps. A good map with a good cover is a marriage made in heaven. John Paddy Brown joined Ordnance Survey as a surveyor at the age of 16 and spent the next 40 years working for them. He's the author of the book Map Cover Art, a pictorial history of OS cover illustrations. Two of his most famous pictures show, first of all, an old one shows a cyclist on the hillside uh, way back in the 1920s. He's got a tweed jacket on, he's got plus fours, 
He's got a cloth cap on his head. He's looking over this landscape. 20 years later, he revises the map. It's the same landscape now, virtually. But the hiker is now a free, a free-born man. He's got sleeves are rolled up. Um, he's got a knapsack on his back. He hasn't got a cloth cap. Yeah. And if you look around, you see the vegetation has grown rather yeah, more. The trees are higher. The trees matured. I've been over Snowden. I've slept up on Croton. I've camped by the Waynestones as well. I've sunbathed on Kinder, been burned to a cinder, and many more things I can tell. My rucksack has often me below. That chap there on the 1930s map with his, you know, with his kind of short back and sides, he's got his sleeves rolled up, his knapsack on, and he's got his map out, obviously, and he's sitting there on the hillside looking down. He, in the 30s, you can imagine him on the Kinder Scout mass trespass. Well, I knew uh, the man who uh, was publicity uh, manager for the Kinder Scout trespass. Yeah. He was a famous folk singer called Ewan McCall. Yes, of course. And he recorded, he wrote a song for the trespass, so he would have been a contemporary of Ellis Martin's figure on the landscape there. And when you look at pictures of McCall on that trespass, he could well be Ellis Martin's hiker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ben. Yeah. I'm a rambler, I'm a rambler from Manchester Way. I get all my pleasure the Hardmoreland Way. I may be a wage slave on Monday, but I am a free man on Sunday. Where, where are we going to now? We are... Well, we're just coming down to that. Down there is Old Street Roundabout. And oh, yes. the Cake Circle. Yeah. On the wrong part of the map, then. Just right, skims, no. skims the north. Can you see the Cake Circle over the road? No, no, no. We're going to lay the aura on it. There's no aura d- there yet. But once we've walked down it, the aura starts growing. From childhood, Bill Drummond has loved to draw shapes on the map, which he then walks in the landscape, spreading the aura. The very first shape he drew was a fish, which he carefully followed when he went fishing at his local stream, the Penkiln Burn. The next step, of course, was to write his own name on the map. It probably comes from some not-good place in my head. It's, it's the same as wanting to put a tag up. You know, like it with a... Yeah, yeah, a, like a graffiti, graffiti artist. Yeah. A graffiti tag. But I was, like, drawing on the landscape and nobody could see it. And I was yeah. drawing my name really big. But nobody could see it except me. So what would you do? You'd take them out, you would write... Bill, Bill, really big. Uh, and then walk it out. But I'd only do this, you know, if I had to spare a half hour or... You know, just take myself off and do it. But then I'd find, by doing that, I'd end up coming down streets I'd never been to before. It'd open up the landscape in a totally different way. Here. I'll just zoom in a bit so you can see it a bit better. That's the large-scale information from the field. At Ordnance Survey's headquarters in Southampton, cartographer Steve Andrews sits at a computer screen, checking his surveyors on the ground data from East Loo in Cornwall, so that he can update the latest 1 to 25,000 explorer map of the area. Once we've identified the change or we've spotted any change, we can add it to our system, our editor on the, on the right there. If you want to add a symbol or anything, you just go to a menu, click on it, and just add it. You just put a pub in the middle of the sea there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll put a boat next to it, and you'll be all right. <laughs> uh... so I've got on my... Um, there's a few, they're, they're not so much on these, but on the Land Ranger maps. 
A few people used to slide the name into the cliffs yeah, and this kind of thing. Happen. Yeah, it does. There exist. are a few around. If you know where to look, they are there. Oh, well, there's one. On the, there's a couple on the Isle of Wight actually. Definitely on the on the Land Ranger map. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You you never slid your name into a cliffs. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. I've got to scour the coast of Britain and look for Steve written yeah. in the cliffs somewhere. I'm sure it'll be there. Yeah, you might find it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> You know all this stuff about... Hang on, we've tried it, hang on. Yeah, about writing Bill on on the map. You know, someone's beaten you to it, look at this. On the OS uh, Land Ranger map of the Solons, right at the bottom of the Isle of Wight, in the cliffs. You see that? Black Gang? And just above there, in the cliffs. Bill? Yeah. But that's not my right. That, that's not. A, that's not a word really written. That's just. But is No, it is. It absolutely is. There's another one. I'll show you at the other end of the other white. Cartographers have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually. They cartographers put their, tagging. They yeah. put their little secret yeah. things on. So this cartographer was called Bill something. Yes. He did that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's there to this day. There's another one. There's a few here. They're quite difficult to see. Actually, there's a, a rev or a kev. It's just just there. I've seen the sunlight. Oh, wow. Well, that's... I've got to have a go now. You've got to go there, haven't you? Uh, well, no, I've got to go there. Yeah, I've got to go there. And... But, no, Mom, I've got to get the map. And when he does get that map, I'm quite sure that it'll be the start of a whole new journey of the imagination. The idea of going to bed with a good book is kind of irrelevant to me. After you've read the novel, all it can do is begin to fade in your head. It's, it's finished. It's done. There's nowhere else you can go with it. You get into bed with a good map. You know, that's just the beginning. That opens up all sorts of stuff where you don't know where it's going to go. That's why maps are better than books. On the Map was presented by Mike Parker. The series is produced in Wales by Jeremy Grange. And in tomorrow's programme, Mike meets cartographers and cabbies as he goes in search of the perfect map to navigate the urban jungle.